Gospel according to Mark, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching and baptism, a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to meet him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass on those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately, coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your great glory our supreme concern. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Most of us, I, I suspect, will only once have lived through the events of the last nine months when one monarch died and another monarch uh, became uh, the new king. We have heard about it, we've read about it, but it's quite different to see it all happening and worked out before us. One thing which happened very quickly after the death of the late queen was proclamations were made. Heralds were sent out to towns and cities all across the nation with their colorful tunics and their, their stick and their bit of parchment. And they stood in a public place and they, they made a declaration in, in very uh, historic and antiquated language. But what they were doing was announcing there is a new king. 
there is a new king. In the time of Jesus and for some centuries before, the word gospel eh, or good news, it was a well-known word and was used to announce that there was a new king. A euangelion was the proclamation. The good news declaration of the new king. Either the king uh, had become uh, the new king because his, his father had died, or there had been a battle somewhere, and two kings had fought together, and one of them had won, and he turned up and said, well, I'm now the king in your city, in your territory, in your town. A messenger would go around all the towns and cities with the, the good news, the euangelion. There is a new king, and you get to be his citizens. And so when Mark came to write down for us the story of Jesus, what he wrote was a euangelion, a good news declaration. There is a new king, and you get to be his citizens. The beginning of the gospel of the good news declaration that Jesus is king, the Son of God. There is a new king in the all-new kingdom of God. And so the obvious question to ask is, how did this Jesus become king? Who is this Jesus? Why does he deserve to be king and not someone else? What difference is it going to make in my life and yours that Jesus is king? Right at the beginning of his, his telling of this good news declaration, Mark writes down for us three scenes which introduce how Jesus became king. And then he holds before us in one brief sentence how we need to respond to this good news declaration. After the wonderful headline in verse 1, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus the King, the Son of God, the next line surely seems a bit flat as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. We thought you were announcing a new thing. Why are you talking to us about an old thing? We know all about Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and Samuel and Joshua and Father Abraham. We, we know all about this old thing. We want to hear the new thing. This Jesus has become the new thing, the new king in God's kingdom because of what God has said and because of what God has done. What we call the Old Testament is God's gracious promise. God saying to the whole of creation, this is what I'm going to do. Mark writes down a few verses from the Old Testament, one from Malachi, one from Isaiah. These specific verses introduce John the Baptist as the forerunner, one who will go ahead of Jesus and, and prepare the way for him. It's not only these verses which Mark is pointing to, because it's not only these verses which God fulfills. The first part of the good news declaration points towards everything that God has said 
And everything God has said, he has fully done in making Jesus king. The good news is that God has already done what he said he would do. There are other news apps and websites available, but if you go to the BBC thing on your phone and you you do the scrolling thing down a bit, you eventually come to a heading that says fact checker. A fact checker. They will listen to a speech made by a politician or some other leader, and then they'll go through the speech and check it. Are the facts accurate? Some years after an election, they will go back through all the things that our politicians said when they were asking for our vote, and they will check. Have they done what they said they would do? And they'll put it all on the website. It's really sad that we as a a community have learned not to expect anyone to do what they said they would do. We are not surprised or disappointed that the BBC have a fact checker. And when it turns out that it's all a lot of nonsense, we shrug our shoulders and say, well, what would you expect? Wouldn't it be great if tomorrow morning we woke up and the radio clicked on and the news, the first item on the news was, politician keeps his promise. He did what he said he would do. Could you imagine such a thing? That's Mark's headline. God has done what he said he would do. Every promise that God made, he has kept in Jesus. Jesus is the king in God's kingdom because God has done everything he said he would do. All of God's promises are yes in Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the good news which God declares to us. The next scene in Mark 1 is the baptism of Jesus. Today, when a monarch or or the heir of a monarch has a child, we'll see it on the television. Somebody appears outside the hospital and they read a statement. Today has been born to so-and-so-and-so-and-so, a son or a daughter, blah-blah-blah, and there's a wee notice gets put on the fence at Buckingham Palace. We do something similar with families and friends. We buy balloons and cards, and some of them say it's a boy, and some of them say it's a girl. And as soon as we hear the news, um, that white cardigan that's been getting knitted for the past few weeks gets the finishing touch of the right coloured ribbon put in all the wee slots. Jesus is baptized. This declaration isn't so much that God has a son. This is not God saying, surprise, I've got a son. It's more like God has arranged to raise and bring up his son without the glare of publicity. And this is the day when God presents him. He always was my son. He always will be my son. But now today, here, look, see, this is my son, my beloved son. And everything he does as king in my kingdom makes me pleased. His baptism is not when Jesus becomes God's son. 
It is when Jesus is publicly presented as God's Son. God's Son who will be the King in God's kingdom. Jesus shares the same being and nature as God. He is God with us, graciously taking upon himself our human life and our human flesh. Jesus comes to be God with us. Emmanuel. It turns out Emmanuel isn't only for Christmas, but for every day and always. God loves us so much that only God can be our king. Only Jesus, the one-of-a-kind Son of the Father, can be the king in God's kingdom. God says, here he is. This is another Mark 1 headline. The king in God's kingdom is God's own son. As king in the kingdom, Jesus does not lay aside his glory, but brings the presence of God with him into our lives. Opens heaven for us, that heaven will come as we have prayed on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is always the glorious Son of God, present with us, reigning and ruling over us. This is the good news declaration. The third scene in Mark's, Mark 1 is Mark's account of the temptation of Jesus. Unlike Matthew and Luke, we're not told anything about the temptations that Jesus faced or how he used Scripture to overcome those temptations. The only point which is important to Mark in telling us about the temptation of Jesus is that Jesus wins. Jesus wins. I'm sure some of you follow sport. And most of you will know that this is kind of what happens before any sporting event. Some news reporter is going to stick a microphone under the nose of, of the, the, the player or somebody in the team. How do you think you're going to do today? Stupid question number one. They're going to say we're going to do awful, we're just going to be rubbish. Of course not. They always say we're going to try our best, we're going to win. And sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. But the good news declaration is that Jesus always wins. Jesus already has won. God's promised kingdom will overwhelm and overcome any other kingdom. Jesus returns from the wilderness, not because he's running away from Satan, but because he has defeated Satan. Jesus bears the cross, not because his enemies are more powerful and they place it upon him, but because he chooses to take it up and triumphs in it. Jesus steps out from the empty tomb, the victor over the grave, the conqueror over every enemy. Jesus wins. This is the third Mark 1 headline. Jesus wins. Every enemy has been defeated. Every opponent has been overwhelmed because Jesus wins. Jesus declares the arrival of the kingdom of God because he has established it in his victory. Jesus is king. Jesus is the king in God's kingdom. God said he would do it, 
and he did it. Jesus is the king in God's kingdom. He is God's son and is presented before us as our king. Jesus is the king in God's kingdom because he has the victory. He has won. Now, let's be honest with one another. However much we like the royal family and the British monarchy, and however interested we were in the coronation and the events around it, how much difference has it actually made in our day-to-day lives? Has it changed where we shop or what we buy with our money? Has it changed how we drive our cars how we speak, whether we speak kindly or unkindly about others. What impact has it had? It's nice for Jesus being the king, but what difference does it make for us? Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He was making God's euangelion declaration. Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near because the king has come. Change your way of thinking and trust this good news declaration. King Jesus is extending his kingly reign over your life. Unlike earthly realms, the kingdom of God is not about towns and cities and valleys and mountains and rivers. It's about your life. Every transformed life is where the kingdom of God is. Too many Christians think the kingdom of God is about the future, when Jesus returns or or after we die. Change how you think. Jesus is king right now. Jesus is not trying to persuade you to vote for him. You don't get a vote for Jesus. Jesus is king. The good news declaration is rather an invitation. Jesus is king and you get to come and be part of his kingdom and live as a citizen in his kingdom and follow Jesus as your king. We have diminished the word repent until all it means is saying sorry when we sin. But repent is a bigger word than that. Think differently about your life, about all of your life. Think differently about what you do with your time and your money. Think differently about how you drive your car and where you shop and what you buy. Think differently about everything because Jesus is your king. Live as though it were true because it is. The king is never, ever going to follow you. He is never going to let you decide and he will fall in behind you. The declaration that Jesus is king means he goes first. He sets the direction and we get to follow him. And Jesus says, change your mind. Change your way of thinking. Make sure you're following King Jesus and join the winning side. Each day, we need to reaffirm our changed thinking. Each day, we need to renew our submission to Jesus as our King. 
So why not do that right now? Perhaps you've never knelt before Jesus as a king. Perhaps you think of Jesus as your pal or your chum. But all this language of king doesn't mean much to you. Jesus is the ruler in God's kingdom. And he wants to rule and reign over your life. And you need to let him do that. Perhaps for the first time today, you could submit to Jesus being king. We have also diminished the word believe. Until every time we hear it, all we think of is giving intellectual assent to some points of theology. But believe is also a bigger word than that. Right now, you are all exercising belief in the pews and chairs you're sitting on. If these pews and chairs stop working, you're all going to fall on the floor. And there's nothing you can do to stop yourself. You might say, you have put all your eggs in the basket of that chair. Trust the good news. Jesus is king. Trust that good news as though there were no other news to trust. Put all your eggs in this basket of Jesus being king because it turns out there is no other basket anyway. You can trust this good news declaration on the basis of God's word. Remember, all that God has said he would do, he has done. Trusting God is not closing your eyes and jumping into the dark. Trusting God is building your life upon the certainty of who God is and what he has said in Jesus being king and how he reigns in his kingdom. Repenting and believing the good news about Jesus as king is how we respond to the gospel declaration. Sometimes, this sounds a bit selfish. It's all about you. You need to repent. You need to believe. And you will become a citizen in God's kingdom. If only we all spoke good Glaswegian. Because it's actually about yous. All of yous. And all of the yous outside there going up and down the street who think it doesn't affect them. The good news declaration that transforms your life is never selfish. Because as you change your way of thinking and follow Jesus as Lord, he leads you into service and blessing of others. As you trust the good news declaration and let Jesus be your king, your transformed life transforms the world around you. Your transformed life becomes an outpost of God's kingdom. A place where people meet God. A place where people encounter Jesus. A place where the blessing of God flows through your life into your family and your friends and where you work and where you shop and all the parts of your life. This good news declaration is for you, but it's for every you. And we are called to make the good news declaration known. Jesus is king, not only for us, but for all creation. 
Jesus is the king in God's kingdom. And you get to be a citizen in God's kingdom too. You get to change your whole life by changing how you think. You get to change your whole life by trusting this good news declaration and being transferred from from the kingdom of your choices into the kingdom of God's Son. And it begins now. It is good news for you. It is good news for everyone. It is good news for all of creation. Don't wait another moment. Run quickly into God's kingdom today. Change how you think. Believe this good news. Let Jesus be your king. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you have made Jesus king in your kingdom. And we pray that by your Spirit's work, Jesus would reign in our lives. Overwhelm us right now. Fix us upon Jesus that we would follow him and he would be our king. And as you transform our lives, bless the world around us as we live as your citizens in your kingdom. Gracious Father, be quickly at work among us. For your glory we pray. Amen.